The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedell. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that believes there's no time like the present to learn about the past. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the time when the U.S. government scared the pants off millions of its own citizens by simulating a nuclear attack in dozens of American cities. The day was June 14, 1954. The United States conducted the first in a series of nationwide civil defense tests known as Operation Alert. At 10 a.m. Eastern Time, air raid sirens went off in more than 50 cities across the country, prompting millions of people to head for cover. The emergency drill lasted just 15 minutes or so, but it became an annual event in the U.S. until 1962. The official purpose was to test American preparedness in the event of a Soviet nuclear attack. But as the years went by, many Americans began to see the drills not as a life-saving exercise, but as a twisted form of Cold War theater. In the early 1950s, life in America was largely characterized by nuclear anxiety. The U.S. had just dropped two atomic bombs during the Second World War, and in the wake of that devastation, many Americans feared that the same weapons might be used against their cities. And so, as the Cold War dawned, the U.S. Department of Defense began producing a flood of educational material advising citizens on how to respond to an atomic attack by a foreign government. Those instructions were aimed at both children and adults, but they amounted to little more than duck and cover. The effectiveness of that strategy was questioned even then, but for many, the illusion of safety was better than nothing. That said, as tensions with the Soviet Union continued to grow, 
Many Americans called for further guidance from the government on how to survive the seemingly inevitable nuclear attack. That widespread fear led the Federal Civil Defense Administration to organize the nation's first civil defense test, a five-day study which commenced on June 14, 1954. Dozens of major cities were contacted in advance about Operation Alert. They were instructed through memos to clear the streets as soon as the emergency alarms were sounded and to have schools conduct duck-and-cover drills for the duration. That would give government officials and volunteers a chance to practice what their duties would be in the event of a real-life crisis. Officials were also told to record local residents' response times to the fictitious attacks so that the estimated casualties for each city could be calculated. In a horrifying twist, a handful of cities were not given advance notice of the drill, so when the sirens went off, they had to respond as if the nation really was under attack. In a clear sign of the times, even New Yorkers took the drill seriously. From taxi drivers and factory workers to bank clerks and secretaries, just about everyone heeded the call to get to their nearest civil defense shelter, whether it be in the basement of their office building or in the closest subway tunnel. As a result, Times Square was turned into a ghost town less than two minutes after the take-cover signal was given. An eerie sight, forever preserved by a newsreel shot that morning. Private citizens weren't the only ones to participate in the drills. Down in the nation's capital, President Eisenhower did his part by boarding a helicopter on the White House lawn and flying to an undisclosed location. Key military officials were airlifted from the Pentagon as well, and about 10,000 government employees were evacuated to emergency bunkers. The following day, Newspapers across the country ran fictional reports about the number of bombs that had been dropped, the number of cities hit, and the number of lives lost. Most accounts put a positive spin on the proceedings, touting the calm and orderly behavior of the participants and the high percentage of people who would have theoretically survived the attack. Those glowing assessments were as much for the sake of American pride as they were for the eyes of the Soviet government but the success of the drill was somewhat tarnished by the still-high body count calculated by civil defense officials. They estimated that at least 2 million people in New York would have died in a real attack, and nationwide, the number of casualties would have exceeded 12 million. The message, whether intentional or not, was that preparedness can only take you so far. Even in the best of circumstances, a full-scale nuclear assault would be catastrophic. That grim reality led many Americans to object to future civil defense drills. They argued that taking shelter was a futile act in the face of an atomic bomb, and that the public exercises were nothing more than hollow pageantry. In a return to form, New Yorkers were the most vocal critics. When the government announced that Operation Alert would be repeated the following summer, many in New York refused to participate and some organized protest events for the same day. The backlash gained so much support that New York State actually passed a law making it illegal to not seek shelter during an Operation Alert exercise. Anyone caught shirking their civic duty was subject to a fine of up to $500 and a year in jail. That was enough to discourage most protesters, 
but not all of them. On June 15, 1955, when the air raid sirens sounded once again, 27 activists in New York refused to take cover. Instead, they gathered at a park in Manhattan and handed out pamphlets calling for the government to drop the pretense that citizens could be protected from a nuclear bomb simply by going indoors. We will not obey this order to pretend, to evacuate, to hide, the pamphlet read. In view of the certain knowledge the administration of this country has that there is no defense in atomic warfare, we know this drill to be a military act in a cold war to instill fear, to prepare the collective mind for war. We refuse to cooperate. The protesters, including Catholic worker Dorothy Day, were arrested and later given suspended sentences. But their campaign sparked a series of similar protests in the years ahead, as more and more people lost faith in the government's supposed survival plan. Shockingly, the deputy director of the Federal Civil Defense Administration was eventually counted among the program's detractors. He called Operation Alert, quote, not a drill, but a show, and was promptly fired as a result. Opposition to the yearly drills came to a head in 1961, when thousands of Americans staged demonstrations in cities from coast to coast. And for every citizen who actively protested Operation Alert that year, there were untold others who simply didn't take part in the event. In light of that dwindling public support and the rise in anti-war protests, the government officially canceled Operation Alert in 1962. The country's atomic anxiety had given way to a more idealistic outlook. The belief that peace is the only true defense against nuclear war, and that there's no sense in pretending otherwise. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, feel free to send it my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.